0: Welcome to Life in Private Staffing With me, Philippa Smith, MD of Silver Swan Recruitment As we all know, the private sector is a pretty crazy one Not only can it be very challenging to work in But it can be pretty lonely too As let's face it, no one really understands what it is that we do So let's come together, help, support, educate and inspire one another and hopefully we'll have a laugh along the way. Hello everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of Life and Private Staffing with me, Philippa Smith, as you know. How are you all? Hope you've all had a good week. God, we're ploughing through these now. I don't know what episode we're on now. How many have we done? I should probably know this. 10, 11, 12... Or are we April? Yeah. Well, doing them weekly just feels ever so well. Much more regular, aren't they? But I'm loving doing them more regularly. Hopefully, you are finding time in your week to listen to them. Today, we are going back stateside. We've got a lady called Candy on today. She uh, is based over in LA. She has got tons of estate management experience, and now does lots and lots of consultancy work. So, really going to talk to her about the services that she offers what she can do, if any of it's of interest, obviously, even better. So lots to cover today. As always, before we start, our fabulous sponsor, Kelly. If you didn't listen to uh, last week's episode, or was it... I don't know where we are now. A couple of weeks ago, Kelly was on as a guest and was telling us much more about what she does over estate management systems and uh, all the services that she offers so if you've not checked her out please do estate management systems she's got services from training modules to her house management tool and she now has a lovely podcast called the billionaire and if you do go on her website and buy any of her products or services then please do use discount code life 25 to receive a 25 percent discount all right then on with the show
1: Hello, Candy. How are you? Welcome to the show. Hello, Philippa. Nice to have you. Nice to be on your show also. Thank you for having me. No
0: worries. You and I have been liaising on email for ages. So it's really nice to finally get on a call and like, you know what I mean, properly chat. Right. Likewise. Same,
1: same here. Yeah. yeah. Same here,
0: yes. We've got loads to talk about today. I want to know everything about you. You've been working in the private sector for ages. You're now doing really cool consultancy stuff as well. I know that you're also from Europe. I want to go through it all basically. So firstly, tell us where you're based. Tell us sort of like a bit about you in terms of where you're based and how long you've been there, etc. I've
1: been in Los Angeles for the last five years full time and I've been working here for royal family and any other ultra dry worth families and uh, but I'm originally from England and uh, Germany and I grew up there so I know the European etiquette and standards and also humor (laughs) and the British humor (laughs) and uh, so growing up there I think has made a huge difference overall in my career because I grew up my parents my grandparents had a hotel my parents were very very strict with table manners and setting up proper Tables. And that's basically how everything started. With my upbringing influenced, basically, that was just having a service heart that I think is huge in the private sector as an estate manager or any other position. I think if you don't have that, then why do it? Yeah, you can't succeed.
0: 100%. I feel like this industry is so demanding on your time, on your personal life. If you're not passionate about it, you will, oh my God, you'll hate every minute of it. There's loads of people I speak to actually who like grew up like within a service environment and i think that does play a huge part it's just like it's who you are it's in your blood
1: right it says i always say when i see something i just change it it's, nobody has to ask me to do something i just see it and it's like properly how set up where the glasses go and so forth where most people they have no idea how to set a proper you know six course dinner or something like that which i think they should but yeah, for sure it's not for common yet yeah, for sure. Was it was the hotel a German hotel or an English hotel? It was a German hotel, but it has. We had a lot of international guests. We traveled a lot, so we had a lot of international guests coming to the hotel. But again, because of I spent so much time in England, in London, and then traveling the world, and then I got myself into hotel management. So which was fantastic, and that coming from hotel management into a private estate management was such an easy step because it's the same it's basically you just have a hotel where people pay to stay and as a private in the private estate in fact you just take care of the principals and their guests and so forth so they don't pay of course they pay for staff but not it's just but it's very very similar very similar.
0: Especially if you, you mentioned royals early, some of the royal residences we recruit for, they are hotels. We've got clients in the Middle East with 800 staff in their home. Like it is, it's a massive hotel, isn't it?
1: Right. <laughs> it is. That's not the norm, let's say that. I mean, it's usually they have like 20, uh, 20, 30 or something like that, which is for me, it's fun because for me, the best thing for me to do is to create a dream team because only a dream team makes the dream work. That's my biggest mantra is that this is, allows the work to flow and everybody to be happy?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. So let's go back a little bit again. So you sort of brought up within the service environment. Like, how early in your career did you sort of were you doing hotel management? Like, how sort of old were you when you were doing that?
1: It was in the in my I traveled the world in the twenties, and then I, I think when I was 29, 30 or something, I got into hotel management, and that basically then was the the stepping stone into private. Yeah. Uh, Estate management, yeah.
0: When people ask me, how do I get into private work? I always say a lot of people do it through the hotel route. Go work in the best hotel you can get a job in. Go work in a five-star hotel. That's a really valuable experience, really recognized experience. And so how long ago did you transition into the private sector?
1: Uh, Over 20 years, 22 years ago. I love it. And I still, today, I said I wouldn't want to do anything different. Just now that I started last year with uh, private estate consulting is that I want to do this on a consulting base and spend some time in England, spend some time in Europe, in Switzerland, anywhere, or in the States. That just gives me a different freedom than just working for one particular family, you know, year round.
0: Yeah, exactly. It just gives you a little bit more healthy work-life balance, a bit more flexibility.
1: Right. right, Exactly.
0: So 20 years ago, you moved in the private sector and you were able to transition straight from hotel management to estate
1: management. Yeah. A family hired me. Yeah. Somebody, you know, everybody, you get to know the right people at the right time. Yeah. And I uh, worked for them 16 years. And it's just been like this beautiful flow of people know me or they hear about me. And I'm just a, not, a, not a normal estate manager because I have different values, uh, not just the European upbringing, but I'm a spiritual person. So for me, the harmony in the team is very, very important because unless you are a happy person, you cannot fulfill your job really to, the highest standards, yeah? The same as with the principles. If they're not happy, it's just toxic. You know, same as with somebody is they're not there who's not happy with the work, that just never works out.
0: I completely agree. I have never understood the managers in the world that motivate with a stick. And they like to be feared and they like making people cry in interview. It's really bizarre to be a manager that people fear. It's just mental. I think it's really old school style of management. No, they
1: can't, they can't succeed. And the people leave. People don't leave jobs that they like. People leave, they stay and then they say, okay, well, that's not so good. There's no job that doesn't have its twigs. You know, some things where you say, okay, it could be better. But if you don't have good harmony, if you don't have a good uh, teamwork, nothing really gets done properly. Nothing gets done to, you know, where you go home and say, "Ah, that was a good day, you know, things like that touching
0: on you being quite spiritual, this may, hopefully you're not at this extreme. We had a client once and they would only interview people with certain star signs. If I sent the resume uh, resume over, I'd have to put on there name, nationality, star sign. And if it was, I think there's three star signs she wouldn't even read the CV of. And then we didn't randomly manage to fill the role. And then and the girl, it was a house manager role. And she turned up and she, she rang me, right? She rang me on her first day and she said, Philippa, there are priests in the field, like blessing the field. And I'm like, what? I'm looking outside the window and it's just four men in robes in the field out the back, like blessing it or doing something to it. And anyway, she stayed for a bit, but not for a huge amount of time. I think this woman was cuckoo.
1: Yeah, no, this is this is not my... this For me, it's basically there's... I look at not at problems, I look at opportunities. There's things how you look at it and basically that you have to create a dream team is for me the... You know, that's what I love to do the most is because when you have a great team, you can do anything. And even the principal says, can I have this in 10 minutes? They have it in 10 minutes because everything flows. Yeah, 100%. What do you look for when you're hiring? Like when you're interviewing hiring, like what what are key qualities? I look at them, how they talk, how they can look me myself in the eye, how they express themselves. And when they talk, where they talk, so they only talk about negative things or positive things. And then as a housekeeper, I say, here's a room. Show me, because people, you know, always say words are cheap, and it's like the resumes and things. Where I said, okay, show me how you do things, and in you know, within seconds I can see whether they understand how to make a bed or they don't. Or duvets, you know, things like oh, I've done a whole million times a duvet. If you've done a million times a duvet, this goes so fast, and there's no wrinkle, there's no nothing, right? So it's just easy to really look behind. I think the personality is so much more important than actually nowadays is. Intended to. It's not just a resume and uh, the person behind that. I think it's very a important. A
0: thousand percent agree. We're in a people industry. Like this is a people ran industry. And to be fair, I couldn't really care less what your CV says, what your resume says. Half the time, people elaborate anyway. You don't even know if it's accurate, don't know if it's true. Personality and attitude and mindset is everything. Because also, you need a baseline of experience. I get that, but. If I can train you, like, brilliant, brilliant. I just need you to, like, for the the right sort of personality, the people that have done well with me here at Silver Swan are the people that are very passionate and very driven, very positive, very grateful, very kind um, to each other. And we're a family. And I want an environment here where I love coming to, where I feel respected, but I also feel cared for. And train you had to be a recruitment consultant. That's easy, really, providing you want to do it. But um, I completely agree. And, and when we work with, with some with clients and I could call a client and say, I've just met somebody who would fit perfectly in your home. And they'll say, send me the resume. And I'm like, you don't need to see the resume. I'm telling you, this person is perfect for your home. No, tell me a resume. I'll send the resume and like, oh no, no, she hasn't got enough longevity or no, because you know she's not quite got enough experience. I'm like, you're being mental. Stop it. I'm telling you, this person is perfect for your home. I've met this person, I've met you, this is who you want. And they are so focused on words on the paper rather than on the, the feel I got when I met that person and how I know that they'll fit personality-wise in the home. Hire the person, yes, who is skilled, but hire the person who wants to do well, and then you will get, they'll stay with you way longer.
1: Right. Also, I, what I do is like, I love to do interim estate manager, house manager, chief of staff position, because that's way I get to know the principals, they get to know me. And if I then say, okay, I recommend A, B, C, you know, then I have a different take on them. I can say, and that's why I love what I do. It just works so well for everybody because you just have to find. The right fit you know energetically you know that they're grateful both sides respect is huge so i think that uh, this interim position that i'm offering and because i have three i have uk us and eu passports i can basically be on any estate that they have and go anywhere uh, for you if they have a client that is you i don't have somebody i can be there you know i don't have any length where I just need to go back or something. So I love what I do.
0: When you say interim, are you talking short-term contracts? Right. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So what, how you like to work now is a household is either failing in certain areas or doesn't have an estate manager. You're like, I'll come in for a constant thing. I'll set things up, get things running, fix all your problems, make all the recommendations, help you hire a full-time
1: manager. Then I'll step back. Right. And also then I can come back unless you do assessments. I do uh, on my website, a private estate consulting. There's nine services that I'm offering where if it, they have some problem, usually it's a combination of different things. So if they have problems with all construction and so forth, I have I've done it all. And there's everywhere, anywhere I can help. But if there's someone, like for example, somebody always asks me if I would accept a full-time position. If that is something where they have different estates somewhere where I can go there, go there, and then come back, I would also consider that. So it doesn't have to be all different clients. It can be one particular who has just different properties that constantly need some supervising or so forth, new staff.
0: Yeah. Like a director of residence position where every every estate has an estate manager. Right. Yeah, cool. So we jumped out of your story a little bit. So we got to the point where you set, moved into the private sector. You flippantly mentioned that you spent 16 years with a family. Did I hear that right? Yes, yes.
1: That's lovely. That's so lovely. Right. So this is, I've been continuously working for them somehow in some capacity because Europe is very common. So, mm. but it's kind of like for me, it's kind of like do you, that's why in a team that I've built, yeah, you they know, also, they had five residences. So it was for me, I wasn't only there with them, but I also went to different other residences. And this is how everything started and it's, it's always progressing. We're always learning and growing and, you know, doing things better the next day. Yeah, lovely. What took you to America in the first place? My sister's here in California and my family. So, yeah, I was in Japan for four years and I came back to Germany and then moved to the States in 95, December 95. And it's been just an incredible journey. And, and because of the uh, just get on a plane and you're in London, <laughs> a plane here yeah. in, in Frankfurt, it's so easy to travel. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I love being in LA. I love it here.
0: How do you find the private sector in LA? compared to anywhere else, Do, are, there, are there major differences with the type of principle, the type of home and opposed to, for example, Europe?
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, There's different expectations. Okay. And it's like they want things done yesterday. They don't understand often what it takes to, you know, they have a request and then they're like, okay, why, you know, when will this be done? So I tell them, okay, we'll have this, this, because I have to look, okay, how many staff we have and so forth. So I give them a, real, a realistic expectation of, and then sometimes I say, okay, well, well, I needed this yesterday. Well, you know, it's just, it, here is, I think the, the life is so fast uh, in the States per se. I mean, in New York, it's no different. There's a little bit more, often more Europeans than here. But in fact, it's just the principle is the same. They want something, they want it now. But if you want to do a proper job, it just takes a moment. Let's say that.
0: That sounds like our Saudi market, the Arabs of the world. Oh my God. They'll give me a call on a Thursday night and they'll want like hundreds of staff in like days. And I'm like, you must have known before today that you needed 200 staff on Sunday. Like, why are you calling me today? Why didn't you call me a week ago or even just
1: yesterday? Yeah. You just make it happen. It's just basically when you've worked so long in the private sector, as I said, there's no problem, it's an opportunity. So I, I come in, I'm very, very confident. So, no matter with who I'm dealing with, I'm basically say, "Okay, this is what needs to get done, or what needs to happen." and then they get it, and they' are, all, I mean, so far, I mean everybody's been super happy that they get what they want, and even sometimes they said they've exceeded their expectations, and there's nothing more when you work so hard and you work so many hours, and you basically say when somebody comes in and appreciates that. It's lovely. <laughs> it's good for the soul.
0: Yeah, really rewarding because I think it's such hard work. This industry, and I actually think it's quite a thankless industry. Not many principals actually say thank you very often. They they just sort of expect it to be perfect, and so um, it's only when things aren't perfect do they do you hear from them. So when principals are genuinely impressed and say so that yeah that is super, i can imagine that's super rewarding
1: yeah but also find if you say for example if you say thank you it's just thank you if you say thank you philippa if you add like i say to the principal thank you so-and-so you know i've seen it that the principles changed through my own actions my own way of dealing with them it goes we once just has to be who, who we are and then mm. it often reflects again on also on the principles.
0: There's a really good book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah. I don't know if
1: you've read it. Yeah.
0: I often make every single new person that joins Silver Swan read it. And there's basically, I don't know, eight, nine, 10 like tips on how to make people like you, just yeah. how to make you likable. The number one and the easiest use people's
1: names. Yes. Yes. Exactly. What you just said use people's names. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Yeah. It's the the first impression and also in meetings, again, the thank you by itself is just two words. Yeah. Thank you, Philippa. Yeah. Or thank you, so-and-so is, goes, and then the smile is just the interaction, the respect, the gratitude is just huge.
0: Yeah, exactly. So often when you meet someone for the first time and they'll say, oh, I'm Sarah, most times that name goes throughout your head. And, and it could be days later, like, oh my God, I don't know what my name is. It's always so impressive. If I meet someone at an event or dinner, or whatever, hi, I'm Philippa. Nothing else is said about my name. And at the very end of the evening, it was so lovely to meet you, Philippa. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, that's all it took. Yes. But it has such an impact. It has such an impact. Yeah. So it's funny you touched on that. I also believe that. But yeah, how to win friends and influence people. If you haven't read it, everyone should read it. Let's talk about when um, you're consulting then. So when did you move into a consultative position? How long have you been offering your consultancy services?
1: Uh, I started last year, end of May. So I did the website in both in English and in German. (laughs) And I actually set it up myself, (laughs) which was quite a journey. And it's a labor of love. So everything that I'm offering is based on my experience. And I can do both in in English and in German, um, both in both language fluent. And so that's why I started. It's just basically sending it out and saying, okay, this is what I'm doing. If I can be of service, again, that service heart, you know, being of service is let me know, you know, I'm here. And it's been really, really busy here in LA. But again, my vision board, my dream is to be shuttling between England, London and here, or, you know, Switzerland. I mean, it's just being in Europe. I love it. I love being there. So my home.
0: Yeah, lovely. Your website is lovely, by the way. Thank you. It's a really lovely website. You've, yeah. It's really lovely. It's called Private Estate Consulting. Now give us a bit of an overview. You, t- you touched on earlier having nine different services. Run us through some of the service offerings that you have.
1: Right. So I start with, so the interim that we just talked to is one of the biggest things. Our last uh, six months I've been doing that here in LA and then I do assessments. I go in basically as so I'm a neutral person evaluation, uh, training. I'm, I have a first-class hospitality background, white butler, you know, white glove. It's very, very strong. So I go in and train a service staff. You know, most of the butlers that come, they are trained. But this, again, when I know the principals, they have some, maybe some different preferences. Uh, construction, we do. Also, I do. And then also just planning, so forth. And coaching, I also do coaching. But most of the time, I think it's everything starts with the team, having the right team to do the work and organizing so forth so it's all of these different things that i offer uh, which usually is the case when i go into a property they have not just one type of work but they can see through the website what i'm capable of what i've experienced with and that's why i set it up so all the different categories so that people know this is what i can offer what my services look like
0: and especially having a us uk eu passport like you're Gold dust, like you're like gold dust. It's amazing.
1: It's because my father was British, my mother was German. So the US have since uh, I'm a US citizen since 2007. So it's the best of both. That's why I say it just opens all doors where it's in UK, you can only work with a passport or a work permit. And it's the same here. Nobody wants to do work permits. Uh, People have a green card or US citizenship. Definitely. Yeah,
0: exactly. And even here, because of bloody Brexit, ugh. Um, even Brits can't go work in France. It's just, oh, the whole thing's ridiculous. But British clients can only employ Brits. EU clients can only employ EU. So, but the fact, and also, must be useful because you must have American clients with households at homes in Europe and European with homes there. And having one person to oversee it all, that's so great. Anyone listening that's interested in an estate manager, not necessarily on a full time basis, unless it's a super interesting, diverse role covering many pro- different properties. But just an extra pair of hands, someone to come in and help, support, fix, cover, cover maternity contracts, cover, you know, oversee different properties, like super versatile. And like I say, covering all those different areas, it's got to be so, so useful. So you've been doing this for like a long time. Tell me why, like, what is it about the private sector
1: that you love? What's kept you here for so long? Every day is different. And you see the progress with the team every day. So every day we have meetings, every day is this. So I've never been one with like a nine to five job. It's like, this is like the challenges that are there, events. I do also event planning. My expertise is like a masterful in multitasking. So it's, you can do every day is a different plan. It's a different program, different things. So that's why I love it about it is that it never gets boring. (laughs) Never. It's always fun. It's always something new, something challenging. And that's what I love about it.
0: Yeah, like I don't know, and every single person I know in the private sector, the last thing they ever see themselves doing is a Monday to Friday nine to five job. Oh yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Even though half the time it's frustrating that you're busy evening weekends, you wouldn't have it any other way. Like
1: it's you cannot do the things when you have a service house, when the things when you love the things, you cannot work anywhere else. Right. So the consulting base is basically where I now can say, or oh, as I said, as an employer or as for full time as a director of residence, I can do the things, all of the things that I've been doing and love. So it doesn't limit me on just doing one thing or the other.
0: Yeah, exactly. keeps it, it continues making it really interesting for you. It can't all be roses, though. Tell us some of the things that you find really difficult in this
1: industry. What's some of the challenges you find working with Dr. High Net clients? Saying No. <laughs> <laughs> saying you no, know, yeah. It's because you know their expectations. So that this the only thing I can say is the challenge in saying you no know, with the principles is basically just being able to say, Okay, that so they understand their expectations and the time that it takes to fulfill that. But it's basically just for me it's always saying being able to say uh, no or something like that. It take, will take longer or something. I will make it work. I will work through the night. <laughs> I work through the night to make it happen. Something like that.
0: I've said this before, probably about a thousand times on this podcast. It blows my mind because most of these principals are wealthy because they're very successful in what they do. And so they run these massive organizations like very effectively and they've made billions, right? Yet they're so like retarded when they think about their home and they're so unrealistic, it's like, you must know that that's not possible. Like turning up now and saying, I want a dinner party, 50 people in an hour and a half. You must know that that's a mental request. Right. It's just mad, isn't it? It's just mad how there's just like such a disconnect between running a massive successful company and like, and their home, like they don't communicate effectively, they don't like to tell you their plans, they expect you to mind read what they want. They don't give you any notice. They expect it all done.
1: Yeah, it's mad. It's the difference between business and their private life. Sometimes they're really book smart. They're really great at their business. But when it comes to their private life that we also make possible as an estate manager, because we make sure everything runs smoothly in the estate then they don't know. So somebody gets taken out to run to Starbucks to get a coffee. Okay, somebody get me a coffee. Okay. Um That taking that person out for 45 minutes or something, then that work is not done. That's a challenge that sometimes I don't understand, but you can't change people. You just do the best job that you can and make sure that the staff is on board. <laughs>
0: it. And to be fair, these big companies that they're running, they have lots of people doing lots of things for them right? as well. Right,
1: right, right, right. right. Yeah, yeah. So there's, if you want to have the great service, you need appropriate number of employees, say so to a service or something. So it's always, you know, that's why I come in and basically say, okay, you want just two. It just doesn't work. If you have one person decanting wine, making drinks, you need basically two if you have lots of people, and then you just need servers. So they listen. They, I tell them, if you want this, then this how many people we will, will need.
0: Are you a hands-on manager?
1: Absolutely. Always. Always. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have it any other way.
0: <laughs> Again, I don't think, I don't, I don't think it's effective if you, sit, if you sit in an office.
1: Yeah. No, no, you can't. I think if you want really to be a, a good estate manager and really run a smooth operation on the property or different properties, you've got to be there and you've got to be there and just check. I check everything, you know, go through. If I see it, the principal will see it. Yeah. So make sure that their attention to detail is paramount to me. So.
0: When you come back to London, you best come say hi. Absolutely. You best come say hi and vice versa. We need to come to LA actually because we need to do an event soon. So if I'm next in LA or vice versa, we'll sort of say hi. Anyone listening there, your services are amazing. I don't know many people actually that are interested in the interim contract work. They're normally always looking for permanent full-time staff. And so actually, if opportunity did crop up where we had the client saying, I just need somebody to come in and just fix the mess that the last person made and set us up. I wouldn't actually have many people to go and talk to about that. So, actually, having someone like you on our books or other people sort of having you, you're a very useful person to know. Thank you. Thank you. I love that. Let's wrap things up then with a quick fire round that I always ask everybody. You ready? Right. Are you ready? Great. I'm ready. How many years have you worked in the private sector? Uh, now, 22 years. What's the most frustrating thing someone
1: in your team can do? Being unreliable and untrustworthy. Yeah. I need to be, make sure that the key team is there when they need to be there so they, that they're reliable is huge for me, that I can say, okay, do you do this? So trusting someone is huge.
0: If you can't count on them, like they have just no value in the home.
1: It's the most important thing. It's just the team works together. They have to know that they can depend on each other. Yeah. And I can depend on them. We're all together in this team. That's why I say always in my biggest mantra is, Only a dream team makes the dream work. Yeah. An operation or a household can only function with there's a healthy work environment. So nobody's there who's toxic or anything. And it's just everybody's happy. Yeah, who leaves whatever they have, problems they have, they leave at the threshold and then basically said for that time being I'm gonna do my best and that's the only way how it works. What are you not very good at? To say no. Yeah, somebody says, you know, can you do this also and I? Okay. You know, it's just, that's the only thing I would say that I'm not so good at, <laughs> saying no. You're a people pleaser. please pleaser, good issues, yes. That's okay. <laughs> yes. What was the last thing you Googled for work? New vendors. Somebody recommended new vendor so I think, I'm always educating, because so I have a good black book of, you know, uh, vendors that I always choose, but I always hear somebody new, I meet them also, and then see what their work is like, because, um, you know, different areas, different people, so I'm always trying to stay on top of, who is good in the in the county and so forth? Do you have good choice in LA? Is it full of decent vendors or absolutely? Yeah, yeah. There's a variety of any kind of profession, and you just pick the good ones and see how they're reliable. Is and then again, it's trusting that person. And there's a thousand companies here, so yeah, it's good. Yeah, no problem.
0: Finding the good ones, isn't it? That's the tricky bit. What's your top tip to someone starting out
1: in the industry? Actually, having some experience first before you choose. To go into the private sector is, as you said, working in a hotel or this summer job or something, or coming like I'm a member of the Los Angeles State Manager Coalition. So any kind of things where you can actually go in, talk to people and see what their life is like to have is. And I think just a little bit of experience, you can see, is this for me, is this not? You know, so I think that's having some experience is a good thing before you get in and then just being a happy person. Because you're dealing with so many issues, so many problems every day. If you're not a happy person, you just can't, you know. So I think that's very, very important to come in with a good positive mindset.
0: Yeah. You'll get chewed up and spat out very quickly if you're a negative Nelly. What's the biggest high of your career so far? What's the memorable part that you've had, that you've experienced?
1: I think it's my whole entire journey, you know, having all this in Europe, in Asia, in Japan, and here, every person that I worked for, every principal was amazing in their own way because it was valuable. There were things that I learned and people that I met. So there's not one particular thing where I said, this is the best, but it's just, I love the journey to this moment, you know, having this conversation with you. So it's just, uh, it's what's next? You know, it's like always being excited for uh, the next step. Japan must have been cool. Yeah, I love it. Yes, yes. I studied Japanese before, and then I have worked uh, two years for uh, Lufthansa in Japan, then also for two years for German television. So like we do like CNN or any network here where we broadcast Japan, the Philippines and uh, South Korea. So all of these dynamics, it's again, its everything contributed for me getting into the hotel management, into private sector. It's all been valuable in so many ways.
0: Yeah, cool. Really cool. It's on my list. Japan's on my list. I want to go to Tokyo, but I also want to go skiing in Japan. So, uh yes, at some point, it's just really far away, but I will one day. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, lovely. And then finally, apart from ours, obviously, what's one of your favorite podcasts? Do you listen to podcasts?
1: Yes, I do. I do yours, of course. Of <laughs> course, yours. And I'm, you know, huge into Oprah, Esther Hicks, Tony Robbins. So things that you know, all more about also the motivations. Things that I learn sometimes a mantra I learn, but all things that are happy and good. And for you, I listen to yours, of course. So that's what i do whenever i have time
0: <laughs> yeah that's the thing it's a time thing my podcast listening time is on my way in and out of the office and we only come to the office three days a week we work from home the rest and i have about 50 minutes each way but if i have a week where i'm on holiday or i'm not coming in i just don't listen to anything because i don't have time to listen my commuting is my listening time so um I'll, i always say this I'll, i always ask because i just want good recommendations of stuff to listen to
1: yeah no it's lovely i love listening to yours absolutely love it i love it oh, it's really really cool lovely
0: now you've been a guest now you can cringe when you listen to the back because no one likes listening to their own episodes. well look thank you very much for your time thank you for coming on telling us a bit more about you you've got so much experience I love people that have, you know been fortunate enough to like have this long career across all different continents working for all different types of people it's so cool it's so inspiring um, and as we sort of said people if you sound going the computer anyone private estate consulting go look at um, Candy's fabulous website and on there are all of your service offering and um, to definitely when, when we put this out we'll tag you and everything that we do online and then people can then reach out to you
1: directly should they want to Talk about your services. Absolutely, that's sounds wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast, and uh, look forward to working with you. You know, meeting you and everything in the future. It's an amazing journey. Thank you so Fabulous. much. Fabulous.
0: Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you once again, Candy. Thanks for coming in. Do I at this point admit that I got through two gin and tonics during that podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit. Awkward. Well, for Candy, Candy's in LA, and um, it was 8 p.m. her time. 4 pm my time, but we're having a little celebration in the office today because it's um, my lovely member of Seth Craig's last day and his birthday. So um, I brought down two gin and tonics to the podcast room to record the podcast. Um, and I loved it. I should do it more often. Anyway, there we go. Hope you enjoyed that. Candy's based in LA, but as you know, she has a UK European passport. She's got tons of experience. She now works as a consultant. She can come in and consult on an estate. If you need someone short-term to cover between people in the role, if you want someone to come in and support, do let me know. You can reach out to Candy directly. And as I say, her website is Private Estate Consulting, where you'll see all of her services on there. But thank you all once again. As always, you know where I am. Please get in touch. Philippa at SilverswanRecruitment.com. And if we can help you with the job search, help you looking for staff, then you visit our website at Silverswan Recruitment. I will see you all next week. Cheers, everybody. Bye.